Well, turn in the scriptures, please, to Mark, the 16th chapter. Mark 16. We began some weeks ago on a series we're calling Miracles Now. Miracles Now. (laughs) I like both of those words. Don't you? Miracles Now. In uh, Mark 16, verse uh, 15, Jesus charged uh, his disciples, and we're his disciples. One of the last things he did before he ascended on high. He said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Proclaim the good news. To everybody, every creation. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believes and acts on it, publicly identifies with Christ. He that believes not shall be damned. So some will believe and some will not. Uh, No matter how well it is preached, no matter how thoroughly it is taught, And no matter how wonderfully it is confirmed by the Lord, still, some will believe and some won't. Sometimes people say, well, I just can't believe that. That's not true. That statement, I don't care who you are, that statement's not true that you can't believe something. You choose not to believe it by the very nature of what faith is. Faith is not based on what you see or what you feel or what you understand. It's a choice. You choose to believe it. Hmm? If I tell you something that that happened and and you look at me and say, well, Brother Keith, I just can't believe that. That's not true. If you said it accurately, what would you say? (laughs) I choose not to believe you. I believe you're making it up. Well, then that is a direct statement about what you perceive my character to be. And who you perceive me to be. And I can make a mistake. And I can fail. But our God cannot lie. It is impossible for him to lie. He never has. He never will. He's never failed. So when you look at him. And you say I don't believe that. I can't believe that. You are without excuse. Because. There is nobody. More worthy. Of believing than him. Worthy of trusting than him. And and there's a lot of people. In this country. In the U.S. That don't believe God exists. They don't believe. And they don't believe. That this Bible. Is accurate. And right. And that the things related here. Really happened. And you got a lot of church going people. A lot of preachers. That say well you know. Those miracles, that, that's more of an allegory. It's, um, it's a parable. And, and, and well, do you believe that really, really happened? Well, no, don't take it literally. Uh, it, it teaches us a valuable lesson. Well, where do you stop with that? Okay, you say the, the people weren't really healed. Uh, uh, the water didn't really turn to wine. Um, 
Well, okay, did Jesus really raise from the dead? Was he really virgin born? Well, well, some believe that it really happened and, and others see it more in an, an allegorical uh, parable type way. But, but the main thing is, is that you hold to the teachings. No, sir, no, ma'am. If you don't believe Jesus is virgin born, if you don't believe he raised from the dead, you are not a Christian. Oh, well, Brother Keith, that's, that's harsh. That's, and that's narrow. <laughs> you're, you're just narrow-minded and, and saved. I heard somebody talking the other day on TV. said, well, I am an advocate I, someone asked them what was their faith. What did they believe? And they said, I believe that all paths lead to God. And everybody clapped. And they said, oh, that's nice. That's great. That includes everybody. <laughs> it's a lie. I said, it's a lie. And millions that believe that are going to wind up in hell. Oh, Brother Keith. Brother Keith. Hell you mean like burning fire? <laughs> that's that's a parable. That's that's it's a place. It's a place. Just as real as Branson. Much worse. <laughs> Much. Much worse. <laughs> Heaven's a place. Heaven's a place just as real as Branson. Much nicer. Much. It's a place. It's real. Well, I just don't believe that. What if you're wrong? What if you're wrong? Well, I just don't believe it. Okay. If you're right and I'm wrong and we both die, we'll be both in the same condition. Hmm? What if you're wrong? <laughs> no, friend. Faith in God, faith in Jesus is a choice. If you choose not to, it's the worst decision of your life. It destines you for an eternity separated from God. I know people don't like to hear it. And they think, well, that's, you know, I just, I, how can I believe in a God like that? Look. God is not subject to your scrutiny and your judging him. He's the creator. Well, if he'll prove to me. No, that's not how it works. <laughs> He's the creator. He made you. He gives you your next breath. You don't say prove to me and then I'll believe. No, you believe in him and then he'll show you something. Well, no, show me and then I'll believe. Sorry, you'll die lost that way. And it won't be his fault. It'll be your fault. Oh, but... If you will choose to believe the things you will see, both in this life and in the next. Come on, read this. These signs shall follow them that believe. Who will they follow? People that believe it's parabolic and allegoric and done away with. No, no, they won't see anything and they won't experience anything. And they'll think that proves that they're right. But it doesn't. I had a fellow one time. I had the privilege of working in the healing school. 
at Brother Kenneth Hagin's ministry for years. And man, we had a lot of wonderful things happen. And God, this had happened more than once, but this guy challenged us to, uh, you know, and he said, well, I, uh, he said, uh, my, I, I've been to my church for X amount of years and, and I've seen anything like that. And, and I don't know of anything like that. And I asked him, I said, well, uh, do your preachers preach on healing? He said, no. I said, do y'all believe in healing? No. I said, well, you pray for the sick, lay hands on the sick, anoint them with oil? No. I said, well, isn't that interesting? Y'all don't preach on it. You don't believe it. You, don't, you never see it. We preach it. We believe it. We got books full of testimonies. He didn't say these signs follow everybody. They follow who? Who do they follow? They follow those that believe. And then he starts talking about the miracles. And in verse 18, notice this. They, uh, they lay hands on the sick, they'll recover. Verse 19, excuse me, he, he mentions several signs. After the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven. How many believe it happened just like that? And he sat on the right hand of God, and that's where he is tonight. Glory to God. There's a man sitting at the right hand of majesty. With a flesh and bone body. You can touch and feel it just like you can yours. A man. Glory to God. The Bible says there's one God and one mediator between God and men. The man. Christ Jesus. And there are not many paths that lead to God. Jesus said I am the way. The way. And nobody comes to the Father except by me. Did Jesus say it or not? He said it. So if you don't believe that, then you can't be a Christian. You don't believe him. I mean, what is a Christian that don't believe the Christ? No, thank God, there is a way. But there's only one way. Hmm? Well, I just, I can't accept that. What about all these other people? (laughs) I just have to believe that everybody's finding their own way to God. Well, then you don't believe the Bible. And you're not a Christian. Well, I guess I am. Well, I guess you're not. I'm sorry. But what is a Christian? A Christian is not just because you said you're one. A Christian is one who believes in the Christ. Who has received the Christ as their Lord. As their Savior. Who follow Him. Now you might be something else, but you're not a Christian. (laughs) Might be a nice fellow in a lot of ways. But that doesn't make you a Christian. You choose to accept him and believe in him. How many can hold up your hand and say is the best decision of your life that you believed on and received Jesus? as the? And how many would say you believe absolutely without question he is the only way? The only way to God, the Father, the only way to salvation, to redemption, to heaven. Somebody say only way. Only, only way. Only way. Only way. And if you're if you're a real Christian, that's what you believe. Anything else is, is not being a Christian. So they went forth, verse 20, and they preached everywhere, and the Lord working with and confirming the word with signs following. Now we've been reading the I mean, th- this is the end of Jesus' ministry before he ascended. And the very next thing that happened is what's recorded in the book of Acts. And so we've been reading in the book of Acts. Have you been reading in the book of Acts? 
But please do. Please do. It wouldn't hurt for you to read these chapters more than once. And we're reading. This time you should be reading and looking for miracles. And if you do, you'll come to the conclusion that miracles and signs and wonders were an undeniable part of all their lives. Huh? I mean, these folks in the book of Acts would not be arguing and disputing about the reality of God and the reality of the, the, the virgin birth or a miracle. or They saw people healed from impossible situations. They saw people delivered from seemingly hopeless, solical and mental bondages and confusion. They saw dead raised, didn't they? They saw amazing miracles in their midst, in their meetings, out on the road. Did they or not? Are we a part of the same church? Do we have the same Holy Spirit, same gospel, same name of Jesus? Why shouldn't we have a miraculous life like they? So we're studying the book of Acts and we're asking ourselves the question, do we really believe that these things happened? Like we're reading them. And then next, do we believe they can happen now? Hmm? Well, if we really do, at some point we ought to start seeing more and more of it. If we're going in the right direction, we shouldn't see less of it. We should see more of it. Now, we are seeing some things. You heard the testimonies tonight. We've seen and heard a lot of wonderful things. But I believe that we're just touching the edge. Don't you think so? And as you read, what should it be like? We have a record of what it should be like. Don't we? Why did God have this preserved for us? So we going into the book of Acts, it begins with the resurrection of the master. Do you believe he was really dead? Hmm? Do you? Absolutely really dead. Do you believe that after days of being dead... The Lord raised him. We studied it previously. The Bible said the Father raised him by his glory, by his power, by his spirit. That Jesus' body was laying in that tomb, uh, lifeless, cold, stiff, dead. And the glory of God filled up that dank, dark tomb. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the stone was rolled away. You believe it really happened like this? His body was absolutely dead. And the Spirit of God and the glory of God went through his body and changed him. Hallelujah. So that his body changed from being able to die to no more being able to die. Thank you, Lord. And he was raised from the dead. And many saw him and heard him. And talked with him. And ate with him. Didn't they? After he was raised from the dead. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Was he really dead? Really raised from the dead? Yes. Yes. And then as he was talking to them. The book of Acts begins by him rising up off the ground. And ascending up into the clouds. Going out of sight. This is not a dream. Like we already said, his body, you touch it, you can feel it just like you can your own. Don't you remember he told Thomas, reach here your hand. Put your finger in there. 
Put your hand, because Thomas said, unless I see him, unless I put my finger on him, I'm not going to believe. And he rebuked Thomas for his unbelief, but he wanted him to see. Yes, you can touch me. I'm not, I'm not a spirit. I got, you know, flesh and bone. You can feel me. And he did. And so you see him rising up off the ground. And they're all standing there looking at him. And the Bible said the cloud, he went out of sight into the clouds. And then the angel said, you standing there looking at him? He is going to come back just like that. He went up like that. And he's going to come back like that. Do you believe he's coming back? Is he, He's coming back. He's coming back. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. You know, uh, Brother Jesse Duplantis was here uh, what, a couple of years ago and, and shared on his experience of being caught up to heaven. And again, you can choose to believe that or choose not to. It's your, it's your choice. But if heaven's a real place, why couldn't you go there? Huh? And the head of the church could take anybody he wanted to, I reckon. He is the head of the church. You going to tell him he shouldn't have done it? Or, you know? <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> and uh, Brother Jesse shared a, a number of wonderful things. I've heard him and I've heard other people talk similar things. He said the master at the throne, he said untold numbers of millions, just an, an, a staggering amount of people as far as you could see. And everything rises up to the throne. It is the high and the focal point of everything. And just people as far as you could see just worshiping God. And, and he said the master came out. And... and uh, he, he saw that the master is going to say something. He's going to speak. And so he expected him to teach or, or to give an oratory. He said, man, he preached. He preached. And he said, that crowd, he said, he began to say, I'm going back. I'm going. I'm going to get your children. I'm going to get your grandchildren. I'm going to get your sisters and your brothers. And I'm bringing them here. He said that crowd exploded. He said all over the throne in heaven. The people were just, I mean, off the chart. Is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? Is he coming? He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. If it wasn't so, I would have told you. What does that mean? It's so. He told us it's so. Is he coming back? Mm, Are you glad you're saved? Are you glad? Oh, friend, if you're in this place tonight and you're not sure, you're in the perfect place to get sure. Don't leave this place tonight without giving your life and your heart to the Lord. Because life is short. It's, it's a vapor. It's passing like this. And eternity is real. And heaven is real and hell is real. Jesus has already paid the price. He loves you. All you got to do is choose to believe and give yourself to him. In doing so, you choose to believe in miracles. You choose to believe that God created the heavens and the earth, even though you don't understand it. You see people try to make, you know, the snide and disrespectful remarks. Well, how did he do it in seven days? And how in the world? And and that doesn't make sense. And it doesn't make sense to you. It's because you don't know so much. I assure you. The Lord opened people's eyes. I think for the first several years in heaven, this is what we'll be saying. Oh, oh, wow, really, oh, oh, well, of course, 
well, yeah, that's what he said. Why didn't I see that? Of course. And when you say, well, that doesn't make sense to me. And that's just because there's something wrong with your sense. But it's nothing wrong with him. Well, that, just, that disagrees. It doesn't disagree. You just don't understand it. And yet people elevate their ignorance above God's wisdom. And, and that's, mm, we won't go into that. <laughs> but if you choose to believe in him, you have to believe in miracles. So the book of Acts starts off with the resurrection and with the ascension. And then they go to the upper room and there came a sound. Go ahead, look at it again. Chapter 2. They're all waiting there, praying, waiting on the Lord, doing what he told them to do. And the Bible said, Acts 2, verse 1, what does it say? When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Verse 2, suddenly... This is miraculous. This is spiritual. This is supernatural. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Some translations say a violent wind. To give you the idea that it's strong. This is not a little uh, breeze in the leaves. (laughs) This is a stand the wind sock out. (laughs) Batting down the hatches. Huh? My rushing, mighty wind. And it's not outside. It's inside. Inside. It filled all the house where they were sitting, just like you're doing right now. And verse 3, there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. They all saw them. Big flames of fire. And they were, they were split. And here's this wind. And there's this fire. And it's coming down. You're going, it's going to get on me. It's going to get on me. It's going to, that fire's going to get on me. And it got on them. But it didn't burn them up. It filled them up. It filled them up. So the wind's blowing. Hmm. What's the wind doing? Help me out. And there's fire. What about the fire? What's going on? Fire is flickering. And it came and sat on them. Sat on them. You know the Holy Ghost will sit on you? Is the Holy Spirit real? Is he real? Can he come in and manifest? In ways that can be perceived? Seen? Heard? felt Hmm? is this natural it's supernatural it's it's beyond the natural realm this is not a natural phenomenon now anytime you hear something like this you see people go well the house was drafty there was you know houses in those days weren't there (laughs) people trying to explain that the Red Sea you know well, there was a, um, a seismic event, and, you know, the, the plates shifted, and, and so the water uh, 
you know, moved out to where normally you couldn't cross, but you cross. And then uh, they look stunned when you try, well, okay, how did Pharaoh's army drown in four inches of water? <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's, either, it's either a miracle or it's a lie. Well, I just can't believe it. No, you choose not to believe it. By the very nature of what faith is, you choose not to. I choose to believe it. How about you? Anybody here with me? I choose to believe it. This is supernatural. It happened. This is not allegorical. This is not a parable. This happened. There was a day. These folks were sitting in this house. And there came over, they thought this hurricane type winds blowing in this place and they saw the fire and it got on them. Did it really happen? Did it really happen? Could it happen again? Things like this. Could it happen again? Do we have the same God? Same Holy Spirit. Wouldn't have to be exactly like that, but I mean, if the Lord did it once, he could do it again. So we studied this, we talked about it, then we saw uh, the man healed, the lame man at the gate called Beautiful. He was born with something wrong with his legs, his feet, his ankles, he could not walk. He's a grown man, he'd never taken a step in his life. And Peter and John walking up uh, to go into the temple to pray at the hour of prayer, they looked at him and they said, uh, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk and grabbed him and picked him up. And instantly, his, his feet, his ankle bones, something happened. I don't know if you'd have been standing close by. You might have heard something popping and change. I don't know. But the man was able to jump up and leap and run. Now think about it. He didn't have to learn how to walk. This is miraculous. Well, I don't believe that. Well, it's your choice. We do. I want to hear somebody say, I believe that. I believe, I believe it happened just like that. It happened. Just Can it happen again? Well, it's really a miracle, and can that miracle or that kind of miracle happen now? Can it happen now? Would we accept it? Would we receive it? Would we? Or would we get scared and want to change churches? (laughs) The Bible cautions us about groups of people who have a form of godliness, but they do what? They deny. Now, they, they believe a lot of stuff on paper. But if something actually happens that is spiritual and supernatural, you'll see how quick people's papers get yanked and people get dismissed and excommunicated and no longer need your services and because, oh, oh, oh. Did you know with Jesus himself, the religious leaders of the day did not receive it, did not embrace it. They said he does it by the devil. Didn't they say it? Concerning who? Our master Jesus. And he said if they said it about me. They'll say it about you. I know we don't like to hear that. but And if you hadn't had much of that being said. It's just simply because you hadn't been doing too much. (laughs) Enough things get to happen. I guarantee you. People will come out of the woodwork. To give their opinion on what's wrong with you. People will try to explain it away like we are, uh, we're saying right now. Yeah, like we said earlier, I should say that. They'll say, well, uh, that was this, or 
Or, or some people say, well, it was just it's a mystery. But there, I'm sure there's a logical explanation that it was a natural phenomenon that we just don't understand. And then other people will say, no, it didn't happen. And then some people will say, it was the devil. Yeah, it's spiritual, but you better stay away from that stuff. That's the devil. That's the devil. People say, oh, that, uh, that healing stuff. Man, I, even if I did need healing, I wouldn't want the devil healing me. You better stay away from that tongue talking healing me. Are you, whoo, you better, are you, come on now. You think the devil is healing Christians now? <laughs> come on now, the devil is healing Christians so they can work for God without pain? <laughs> See, this stuff don't make sense. But you know, so many times the real issue is not that people don't see the reality of it. They just don't want to admit that they're wrong. Their pride chokes them. And and they just don't want to admit that all the stuff they've taught and said for all these years. And the reason why they haven't seen some things is not because God changed. It's because they changed and wouldn't let him in. They denied the power. Do we believe in miracles? Is there any benefit to talking about these kind of things? Well, tell me how faith comes. Go to Galatians, please, the third chapter. I think I'd preach on it just for myself. I, I like hearing about it. I like talking about it. Miracles. Now, Galatians 3, 5, notice this. Galatians 3, 5, he therefore that ministers to you the Spirit and does what? Works miracles among you. Does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? What would be the correct answer? It's the hearing of faith. Does faith have anything to do with miracles? These signs follow who? Those that what? Believe. Well, we believe to a certain degree. And we're seeing miracles that a lot of other folk don't see. But uh, do we believe as far as we can believe? No. No. There's a lot of things you read about in the book of Acts we hadn't been seeing. And that's not because God has changed. You with me, friends? What needs to happen? Oh, we need to quit trying to explain things away and water down the Bible to mid our, to, to match our lack of faith. We need to believe God to elevate our faith and vision to where we see and live like they lived. Do you want to live a life, a book of Acts life? Do you want to? Do you believe it's the will of God? Well, if you're not going to go to the Bible, to the book of Acts, for the pattern for your life, where are you going to get it? Where are you going to get a better pattern for your life than the book of Acts? This is it. So let's measure our life by what we're reading in this book of Acts. And if if our life doesn't look like their life, let's say, Lord, change us. Help us to come up. Hmm? And don't be shocked when some things start happening. Hmm? 
Things have happened all along in the church since the book of Acts. Every generation, different parts of the country, different times, different seasons. I mean, uh, well, I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, Go with me back to the book of Acts. People saw things, they heard things, they experienced supernatural things. Generation after generation, after the book of Acts, from then till now. God has not changed. Anytime a group of people will believe him and start living the life of faith in him, they'll begin to see these same kind of things. In uh, Acts, the fourth chapter, we saw this, but I want us to go further. I didn't feel like I got through with it. Acts 4, after the man healed at the gate called Beautiful, they got in trouble about this. The leaders called them, uh, wanted to uh, put them in jail, wanted to uh, do more than that. Beat them, punished them, hit them, beat them, and commanded them not to teach or preach anymore in that Jesus name. Now, why would they care about that? See, who's behind that? Who does not want anybody hearing or talking about Jesus? And see, they're yielding, these leaders are yielding to the devil. And he's speaking through them and influencing them. And they, have, they are doing their best to try to shut them down. So the leaders go back, they're beaten. And they go back and instead of huddling in a corner and playing, Oh God, oh God, got to protect us from these mean people. Oh God, oh God, show us where to hide, how to get out of this. No, they pray, Lord! we want some more of this Lord turn it up turn it up help us to preach louder we're going to preach in Jesus name like we ain't never preached in Jesus name help us to be bolder and stronger and Lord these miracles we want some more of them give us some more miracles and it's recorded in this book do you think it would be alright for us to pray the same kind of prayer And have the same kind of fervency and the same kind of desires. Let's look at it again. Acts 4. They, verse 23, being let go, they went to their own company. Isn't it good to have a company you can go back to? They reported all the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. The whole bunch is praying together. And verse 29, they summed it up by saying, And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. You know, listen to what they told us. They told us we couldn't preach anymore. You hear what they said? But what we want you to do is grant us that with all boldness we may speak your word. Help us to preach it like we ain't never preached it before. I mean, Lord, help us turn the power. Boldness, uh, if you look up the word in the Greek, it means fearlessness and it means with all confidence no reservations no fear no reservations <laughs> how many know that is throttled down that that, that is <laughs> full bore he uh, and they said verse 30 verse 30 by stretching forth your hand to heal. Now you got to remember how this got started. Is it the man at the gate called beautiful? Got healed. And they're saying, Lord, are they wanting some more of that? Yeah. Are they excited about that? Yeah. 
What do you think? The Lord, I mean, the Lord has shown us a few things here according to our faith. Uh, do you like what you've seen? Do you like these, these healings? And the, would you like some more? Would you like some more? There's no coincidence that we've been saying for years, greater things than these shall we see. Huh? And uh, they said that signs and wonders may be done by the name of your holy child Jesus. Now, we touched on this, but you've got to keep coming back to it. The purpose of signs and wonders is to glorify Jesus. Isn't it? Not to draw attention to you or to me or our church or our ministry or that we're right or not. No, 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 no. no. You get to thinking like that and you're not going to see it. Or you get to praying, God, I want the power so I can do something. Well, no, no, this ain't about you. This ain't about you feeling like you got some power. No. This is about not you getting something you can use. This is about God using you. Big, huge difference. Lord, give me something so I can use it. No, you don't even know how this works and why this works. What you need to do is say, Lord, here am I. Use me any way would please you. And if he does, it won't draw attention to you. I said if he does... It won't draw attention to you about how great you are or how much faith you got. In fact, if it's done right, people will hardly even notice you. They're so excited about God. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Lord, stretch forth your hand to heal. And it's signs and wonders. Somebody say signs and wonders. Is this the New Testament? Same church we're a part of. Would it be okay for us to pray like this too? And believe, is this the will of God? The will of God. I'm sure they prayed a lot of stuff that might have been good, but it wasn't the perfect will of God for all generations, for all time. And so it's not in here. It's not recorded. This was handpicked by the Holy Spirit. It's a prayer we can pray. It's something we can believe for. Stretching forth your hand to heal. And that signs and wonders. Somebody say signs and wonders. Say it again. Signs and wonders. Say it again. Signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. In whose name? To whose glory? Draw attention to who? Who? Jesus. 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 Not you. Not me. Not our group. Not charismatics. Not Baptists. Not this church. Not that church. No. 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 Jesus. The church is not the Savior. No preacher is the healer. Or the deliverer. I don't care what they said. They're not. If something happened through them or by them, it's simply because the Lord used them. But they didn't do it. He did it. You believe it or not? He did it. He did it. If anything really happened, he did it. (laughs) Uh, Verse 31. And when they had prayed... The place was shaken where they were assembled together. You believe this? Is this a parable? Allegorical? Hmm? Figurative? Tell me what happened. Let me read some other translations. See if it clarifies it for us. 
After they prayed, the NIV says, the place where they were meeting was shaken. It didn't say the people shook. The place shook. <laughs> the message says, while they were praying, the place where they were meeting trembled and shook. The basic English says, when their prayer was ended, the place where they were was violently moved. The place. You look up the word in the Greek, you know what it is? Seismos. <laughs> it's where we get our, our words for, for earthquake. Only problem was it didn't tear the house down. This is a very unique seismic event. This is not the only time the Lord has done this. He's done this before and he's done it after this. Numerous times. He likes to shake things. <laughs> True or not? Have you read the Bible? I'm going to show you several other scriptures. God is a shaking God. He likes to shake stuff. You know, there was a move a number of years ago of the Spirit among a group of people. The Spirit of God start moving on them and they'd start shaking and quaking. And there came out of that the shakers and the quakers. I'm not making this up. Anybody know church history? I'm not making this up. You know why they were called the shakers? So a lot of people have totally lost that. They go, well, it's a figurative. It's a no, no. They actually shook. It was a common thing. In fact, in some of the meetings, I mean, they had some moves of God. And I mean, they couldn't have them inside. Had to have them outside in good weather. And the preacher, before he'd start, he'd say, now you boys get down out of them trees. You people get out of those trees. Because when the Spirit of God starts moving, you start shaking, you're liable to fall out of there and get hurt. <laughs> True story. <laughs> you know why they were called Quakers? Because <laughs> they literally... Quaked. That's how they started. Quaking. And that is from these passages, from these words. The words translated here mean to shake and to quake. And God is a shaking God. He is. He has shaken things in the past and he is about to shake some things in the future. I'm, I'm quoting prophecies. And how many would suit you for him to shake you some now? In between. Would it suit you for him to shake the place where we meet? Would that be okay with you? Would that be fine? Would you get scared and run off? Or would you go, glory to God. Woo! Woo! Did you feel that? And they go, how could you not? Everybody felt that. Didn't say the people shook. The place where they were meeting shook. Go on over in the book of Acts to another time this happened, recorded here in the book of Acts. In, uh, let's see, you got so many scriptures here. 16th chapter. Acts 16. 
They're in jail for preaching the gospel. You remember that? And they, they beat them. They put them in the stocks. There are, you know, the stocks, your, your head's in this contraption, your, your hands, your feet, you're immovable, you can't move. And they beat them so their backs are lacerated. And instead of moaning and crying and saying, why me? The Bible said they prayed and they sang praises to God and the other prisoners heard them. So it wasn't this little mousy. Glory to God. Glory to Jesus. Oh, my back hurts. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No, they lifted their voices and the praises of these men of God reverberated through the halls and cells of that dark place of death. Did it happen just this way? And verse 25, chapter 16, at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises. Now, a lot of people pray, but it's a mournful prayer of unbelief. And they never get to the singing part. (laughs) If you don't get to the singing part, you don't get to the faith part. You don't get to the victory part. If you prayed in faith, even if you start out heavy or with concern or with this, if you pray in faith, you get through it and you believe God heard you and you get a note of victory and you begin to sing and you begin to praise God. If you don't get there, you're not where you need to be. At midnight, it's late. They're tired. Backs are bleeding. Hurting, uncomfortable. We're not talking about a hard bed. We're talking about your neck is stuck in this wooden contraption and you can't move and you can't lay down and you can't get any rest. What do you do at the midnight hour? What do you do when everything is wrong? When you can't get comfortable, you can't get any relief. You can't go, come on, somebody help me with this. You, you can't get any rest. You can't quit hurting. Come on, are you with me? It stinks in here. It's dark. It's a bad place. And they're not planning on doing nice things to you tomorrow. What do you do? Help me out. What do you do? Pray and Sing. Sing. Well, I'm not a singer, Brother Key. Sing. Everybody can sing. Everybody can sing. Sing. Lift your voice in spite of your tears, in spite of your pain, in spite of your discomfort. Believe God heard your prayer. Believe God's faithful. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never let you down. And start saying, thank you, Lord, for being so good to me. Thank you, Lord, you've always been with me. Thank you, Lord, you deliver me. Oh, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, that even in the midnight hour, 
You're here by your spirit. You're here in power. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, come on. Come on. Silas said, that's right. That's right. That's right. Say it again, Brother Paul. That's right. God's been good to us. God's seen us through worse than this. God has always, always, always met our needs and healed our body and fed us and clothed us. And he's not going to leave us now. And it was quiet all through there because these thieves and these rapists and these murderers and all these people on death row and everybody can hear it. Because these guys are not ashamed of the gospel and of their God. And while they're singing. (laughs) Things start shaking and rattling. And Paul and Silas go, that ain't us, that ain't us. What? Come on, read it. Suddenly. Suddenly. There it is again. Suddenly. Suddenly. There was a great seismos. Quaking. Hallelujah. So that the foundations of the prison. Now, I don't know if you shake the foundation. Everything sitting on the foundation (laughs) is going to (laughs) move. The foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, all, not two or three, all the doors were clink, 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 clink. Oh, metal, rusty. Every one of them. Now, this is a very special quake. That's not all that happened. Everyone's bands. That big old yoke thing they were in went, kawunk. Pile and side stepped back and went, wow, thank you, Jesus. Chains, shackles, how? Come on. A natural phenomenon, earthquake, when the foundation is shook, means the walls and the uh, uh, ceiling fall on you and kill you. And when they find you, you're still handcuffed. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Huh? Right. This when the walls don't fall, the ceiling doesn't fall, but every door opens up and every chain and every handcuff and every yoke comes off. So everybody's standing there, no shackles. No, how many know this is, this is the gospel? Huh? Every prison door open. Every chain off. Every yoke removed. Every, 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 every. God did it with a quaking, a shaking. He shook that place. This is New Testament. This book of Acts. We're part of the same church. He shook that place. 
Do you believe this happened exactly like this? Really? Did it really happen? Is it a miracle? This is not a naturally explained phenomenon. This is supernatural. Do you believe it happened? Can something like this happen today? We got the same Holy Spirit? Thank you, Master. You know what all this came to when the jailer came and he led them out? Verse uh, 30, he wants to know, sirs, what must I do to be saved? This is the purpose for signs and wonders. Things that shake people that wouldn't come to church and in 95 amazing messages wouldn't blink, wouldn't matter to them. But when the jailhouse gets shook, they're like, hey, this is real. And I need to get saved. (laughs) If they needed these kind of things to reach people in the beginning days of the church, why don't we need them today? Why? Did they have good preachers? Was Peter and and Paul and John and James, were they good preachers and good ministers? If that wasn't enough, if they needed in addition to this teaching and preaching, these signs and wonders, why would we think our teaching and preaching is enough today to reach all the unsaved? No, the Lord works with the word and confirms the word with signs following. It is written. It is written. Can you take some more of this? Yes. Mm-mm. Somebody say shaking. shaking. Quaking. 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 Say it again. Quaking. Quaking. Shaking. Shaking. Did it happen? Yes. Can it happen again? Yes. What if you got shook? What if the Lord shook you? <laughs> Be okay with you? <laughs> Go back to the fourth chapter. We believe in miracles. We need to not push these things in a corner. We need to not be ashamed or embarrassed that we believe these things. Hmm? We need to not be hesitant for people to know that we believe these things. They look at you and go, come on. Now, you're an educated person. You don't really believe that I absolutely believe it happened just like this. And he could do it again today. Hmm? These are the kind of people that these things happen for again. Or who? These signs follow. Them that believe. And he said the person that worked miracles among you. Did he do it by the works of the law? Or by the hearing of faith? We're hearing about miracles. Come on. Are you hearing about miracles? Come on. You're hearing about resurrection. Ascension. Talking in tongues. Signs. Lame man healed. And houses and jails. Shaking and quaking and meetings does this do you any good does this do us any good faith comes by hearing faith comes by hearing wakes us up to to help us to realize we do not have to live a mundane mental only physical only life what kind of lives did these people live after being in a prayer meeting where well, the whole building shakes. Where hurricane winds come in and you see fire. Do you think that changes your life? <laughs> do, do you think you feel differently? and you, you see things differently. Is God more real to you? 
and after some of these things of this caliber and level happen to you, you're much more open to other type things. Your mind is open and your spirit is open and the reality of God just comes up to a whole nother level in your life. Was God real to these people in reading these, these? Was he real to these people? The Holy Spirit real to them. I mean, he's in every chapter virtually, right? Holy Spirit this, Holy Spirit that. The Spirit said, the Spirit directed. The Spirit forbade, the Spirit guided. The Spirit suffered them not. The Spirit said, the Spirit, the Spirit. Was he real yes. to them? Yes. Should he be just as real to us? Yes, Why should we be more carnal, more mental, and less spiritual? Just physical only. Is that a better life than what we're reading about here? No. No, it's a, it's a dissatisfying life, unfulfilling life to sit around and just try to figure everything out in your head and all you can see is what you can, all you can experience is what you think you can look at through a microscope or a telescope or figure out in your equation. God is bigger than you can figure. Is he or not? And if you'll let him, if you'll let him, He will show you. He will reveal himself and manifest. We spent months around here talking about that scripture that he said, if you'll keep my commandments, if you do what I tell you to do, I will reveal myself. I will make myself real to you. I will show myself. Didn't he say it? Didn't he say it? In John. We looked at it for weeks and weeks and weeks. Well, where was it taking us to? Taking us here. Show us what? Well, he's the same God that he was here. So he's going to show you the same kind of things that he did here. He hasn't changed. Doesn't need to. He was perfect first time around. <laughs> Whew. Look in, uh, in Hebrews. Hebrews 12. 26. This is speaking of a future seismos. The Bible said, talking about God, whose voice then shook the earth. Not just a place on the earth. Not just a a spot or even a continent. The whole earth. But now he has promised. And how many know when he promises? (laughs) No, it might happen. It's happening. He said, yet once more, one more time, I'm shaking not the earth only, but I'm shaking heaven too. I'm telling you, our God's a shaking God. He shakes stuff. (laughs) And he's big enough to do it. Come on, think about what kind of power it takes to shake the whole planet. To shake it. Like one of those. What's those little balls the kids have. It's got the little beads inside. And you shake. God can shake the whole planet. The whole. What kind of power would it take to do that? Not just the, the earth. He's shaking the heavens. Now the heavens. There's more than one kind of heaven. Talked about in the scripture. The Bible talks about the third heaven. Well, if there's a third heaven, there must be a second and a first. The first heaven is the atmosphere around our planet. The second is what we call outer space. 
The third's where God is. But the parts that have been affected by the curse and sin, even the very atmosphere and even space out around us needs to be shaken. Keep reading. And this word yet once more signifies the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. He's going to shake it and everything that's not permanent is going to be shaken apart. And even the elements of this planet are going to melt with fervent heat, the scripture says. And God's going to create a new heaven and a new earth where there is no curse, no sin, no death. Glory to God. And what remains will be eternal, unshakable, incorruptible, immortal, unshakable. Thank you, Lord. Verse 28, Wherefore we receiving a kingdom that cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. How many know He is awesome beyond words? He is big beyond imagination. And soon and very soon, He's shaking this thing. And when He does, everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken. But he's a shaking God. And he shook them in their prayer meeting in a good way. How many like a good shake? (laughs) And he quaked them in the jail, but it was a good quake. It was a God quake. Now when a quake happens and kills people and destroys everything, that's not God. People try to say, why did God do that? Who said he did? No, there's a lot of stuff happening on earth that's not God. It's not the will of God. He's not the destroyer. He's not the killer. The Bible said the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. He's the destroyer. When God quakes something and shakes something, you see how it turns out. Everybody wants to get saved. Everybody's fine. Jesus is glorified. Everybody gets free and gets out of jail. Their doors come open, I should say. And their bands and their chains fall aside. Go back with me to the fourth chapter, Acts, Acts 4, and let, let's finish up on this. You believe these things really happened? Yes. Couldn't they happen again? Yes. Why couldn't some things happen in our day? Some things we haven't experienced before. Hmm? Why couldn't they? Some signs? Now the thing, I got excited last week reading this. And and I'm still excited about it because the Bible tells us that we should not require signs in order to believe. That that's evil. And then the Bible teaches us that signs are for unbelievers. Not believers. In in the sense of people who need to believe on Jesus and receive the gospel. But this is a miracle amongst believers. They're praying. This this is not an evangelistic campaign. This is them coming together, a bunch of believers, praying, and God does a wonder just for his kids. They They don't need a wonder to believe. They already believe. 
No, they believe, they're praying, God, we are with you. I don't care what they said, how many times they beat us. We're going to preach it stronger than we ever preached. Give us, so we don't care how much trouble we get in. Give us some more of these miracles like a slain man. Please, come on. Yes, we ask for it. And God shook the place. He must have liked the prayer. Why would God shake the place? He must have liked it. He must have liked the uh, the prayer and the hearts and the faith and the direction they were going. And he must have thought, this will bless them. <laughs> they all like this. Hold on. <laughs> we need to remember, God is real. He's a real person. He's a lot like us. When you say that, people look at you and go, hmm. Are we like him? Are we made in his likeness and image? Then if we're like him, he has to be something like us. Minus the sin and perversion. (laughs) Granted. But our makeup and the way we can be happy, we can be sad, we can be mad, we can rejoice, we can sing, we have a humor, we can laugh, have fun. You know why? That's where he is. God has a sense of humor. He's funny. He's funny. And this blessed him to shake this place. I believe he enjoyed the day of Pentecost. That rushing mighty wind. I believe it made him smile. God I'm talking about. And this, this prayer meeting, he shakes the whole place. Why would he do it? Why would he do it? He don't, he don't want to scare them. He don't want to put fear in them. And that's not what happened. It was spiritual. It was supernatural. Supernatural. And look at the results. Look at the results. Are you there in Acts 4? The place where they were gathered together was shaken. Somebody say shaken. Shaken. And what happened? Verse 31, when they prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And what? What? They were all filled with the Holy, actually Spirit's the word there, Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with bold, that's what they just prayed. They just got that out of their mouth. And the Spirit of God filled them. Now they're already born again. They've already been filled. And speaking in tongues. And yet the Spirit filled folks. Get filled again. In a shaken prayer meeting. There's one initial receiving of the Holy Spirit. And speaking in tongues. But that is not the end by any means. That is the beginning You can get filled again and again and again and again. In fact, Ephesians says, be ye being filled. Be being filled with the Spirit. You know, somebody, you hear people use that term far too loosely. So-and-so spirit filled, you know, and they they broke into this and they lied to this person, but then they're spirit filled. Not that day they wouldn't. So-and-so spirit filled preacher, you know, did you hear about him? Tongue talker, spirit-filled guy, and he ran off with the piano player in the building fund. 
Well, he wasn't spirit-filled that day, and I grant you a lot of a lot of days before that. Well, I heard him talking in tongues the day before. That don't mean he was spirit-filled, full of the Spirit. And if that sounds strange to you, don't throw it away. Study it, look it up. Just because somebody rattles in tongues don't mean they are full of the Spirit at that moment. Not the same thing. Now again, don't, I, don't, I won't take time to teach on it, but it's study the Scriptures. You do understand these people had been in the upper room. Hmm? They'd been filled with spoken tongues. What happens to them now though? They get filled. Same people that had already been filled. They get filled again. Filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Oh, come on. Put yourself in that room. Put yourself in that place. They're praying. And God starts shaking that place. I mean the floor is moving. The chairs are moving. And if it's moving, you're sitting on it, you're moving. <laughs> Everything's moving. And this is not something that scared everybody. And people started hollering and screaming, it's an earthquake. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Remember, these guys hadn't been many days from the upper room. They have already experienced some very radical phenomena. Mighty winds. And tongues of fire. And this is not quite the same. But they recognize the same spirit. Start shaking. I'm sure it caught them by surprise. I'm sure this doesn't happen every day. It caught them by surprise. They're looking at each other. But then they thought. It's the Holy Ghost. It's the spirit. And then the preachers get stirred up. And they start prophesying. And they start proclaiming the word. I mean this is happening all over the place. I mean this place is, for lack of a better word, electric. It's the excitement is off the chart. They were shaken and stirred. <laughs> I know that sounds strange. But the word is the same in the Greek. The same word translated shaken is sometimes translated stirred up. And can you see what this shaking did to them? What did it do? It stirred them until they are proclaiming and they are bolder than they've ever been. Are they excited? Are they excited? Are they excited about God and the reality of God? Now I was looking at this last week and I was praying to him. I said, Lord, what? What shook that place? And I thought about it and had my little head in gear for a little while. And I come up with some stuff, but it didn't satisfy me. So I won't bore you with it. But then he he dealt with me. Read the next verse, Keith. What happened? The place was shaken. And what happened? And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. What shook the place? The Holy Spirit coming in. He shook it. Very similar situation to the day of Pentecost. Where he came in. And the Lord reminded me of sound. They heard a sound as a rushing mighty wind. And the Lord reminded me. You know in flying. We deal with uh, uh, the speed of sound. Your speed in jets is called Mach number. And it's percentage of the speed of sound. And the. The. Uh, 
the thing in the 50s about breaking the sound barrier. People thought it was an unbreakable barrier. They figured you might just disintegrate when you got to going that fast. In fact, something humorous, in the early days, people thought the same thing about going over 60 miles an hour. <laughs> they really did. In the early days of the automobile, I mean, it was a big deal. You'd have thought it was a moonshot. They were going to, they got a car that would go over 60. And they got in it and they strapped themselves in and they did all their stuff. And everybody was watching and sitting on the sideline because nobody's ever been over 60 miles an hour before. And they thought, he may just disappear. We don't know. <laughs> 60. <laughs> true. It's a true story. <laughs> well, when they got to the sound barrier, they really thought that that could be the case because some planes had approached it and just broke up and crashed and people died. And there was, there was definitely Buffett, and it seemed like a, it was a barrier that you couldn't see. Sound is pressure moving through a medium, pressure that can be heard and felt. We're used to it. It's a natural part of our lives. But I am, the Lord is helping me right now to push out of my lungs and my voice. And that sound is pressure. And the pressure is moving through. This is not nothing. This is an ocean of air. It's like water. It's just much lighter. And so that pressure coming out of my mouth is moving like a wave through this medium of air. And if I'm close enough to you, you can hear it and feel it. If I'm far enough away, the person up here would hear it before you hear it back there. Because it's moving. Something came through that place. Can you see this? Someone (laughs) came into that upper room and you could hear the effects of the Holy One coming through that building and coming through the medium of that air. And they felt it and they heard it and they saw it. They saw Him. And when He come through that place, the waves moved the very foundations and those waves hit them and moved through them and they were filled with the Spirit and spoke in tongues. Somebody say glory to God. Hallelujah. Waves of glory. Waves of the Spirit. Hallelujah. It's been prophesied that the glory of the Lord will fill up and cover the earth like the waves, like the waters cover the oceans and the seas you and I the people of God this shouldn't be strange to us this shouldn't be foreign to us the Holy Spirit ought to be like our breath every day we ought to know him and sense him and if he manifests himself in a stronger way and there's the sound or there's the feel or there's the sea we ought not be shocked we ought not fall off our chair we ought to know he's here he's always been here he was hovering over the face of the deep he was moving over the darkness before there ever was a continent 
or a human being or an animal. And Jesus said, his disciples were so upset that he's leaving. They thought, oh, Jesus, you've changed our life. You're the best thing that ever happened to us. You can't. Peter said, I'm going with you. I don't care where you're going. I don't care if I have to die. They all said, we're going. He said, no, 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 listen to me. It's better for you. Now, they could not figure that out, I'm sure, that I go away because I'm not, he's not, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm not going to leave you without a helper. I'm going to send you the paracletos. I'm going to send you another helper like me. And I'm with you, but he's not only going to be with you, he's going to be in you. Oh, hallelujah. In you. In you. You don't have, if somebody's talking to Jesus, if John, then then, Peter would have to wait till he got through. No, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus is in every one of us, 24-7, everywhere. He's not only in us. He permeates the air. He's above us. He's under us. He's around us. And he can move through us. He can manifest himself in varying degrees. Are you believing, saints, for him to move in some stronger ways, some greater? Somebody say, so be it. So be it. Everybody stand up on your feet. Let's pray. Let's ask him. Hallelujah. Just pray softly. Lift up your hearts. Lift up your hands. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.